0: Hello everyone, this is the Deferential TI. And I have been wanting to do something, do an expression of how I feel about certain things. And this in particular, it's about it's about melanated men. And I don't have any notes. Everything is coming straight from the alleys of my mind. As Cybertron would say. Anyway, here we go. Okay, first of all, let's get this out of here. No, they are not perfect. Yes, they have made mistakes. Yes, these things have happened. But guess what? Everybody has. And everybody lets them know 24-7 around the clock how bad they are. So Human Resources has all those positions filled. I'm here to fill a different one. I'm here to, to give some enlightenment about their good points because Fox News will not tell you. Okay? CNN is not going to tell you, right? So I will. <clears throat> and I'm just going to be I'm just going, what, however it comes up, is coming out. I don't have any notes. And I didn't want to take notes because I, I didn't want to get so tied to my notes and trying to make sure everything was in order, that it came across so cold. So here we go. <clears throat> I can remember when I was a little girl, I was about five years old, and my mother sent me to the store because you could do it way back then. And you know your child was coming back. And I had to get a few things. And on the way back, this little fat white boy, he lived on my street. I can't even remember his name. He tried to rob me. And um this little cute little melanated brother, he's about 17 at the time. And he stopped him. Because I was, like I said, I was like five years old. And he picked my groceries up. And he put me on the back of his bike, and he rolled me home to my mama. <laughs> that was so cute. But that was a melanated man, okay? So what does that tell you? They're good-hearted people. All right. Now, I've experienced, I've experienced the, the bad side of melanated men. We all have. And like I said at the outset, we're not even talking about that. We're going to talk about the things that nobody else will talk about, the good points. Or why I feel the way I feel <clears throat> now, my mother raised us by herself, and I can remember as a teenager, I think around the fourteen or fifteen, I uh, had a little buddy, and we all used to um, we used to love to dance and we used to go to parties. Let me see, we go to a party on Friday a reception on Saturday and then skating on Sunday and just hanging out with her because she had the best social skills ever. And I got taken in by her circle of friends, which happened to be all men, not men, young, young, young males or whatever, but they were teenagers and they are responsible for so many things. And I feel like No, I know for a fact, all of these young male childs, that's what I'll call them, man-child. They were men-child. Am I saying this right? Let me get it right. I told you I didn't have any notes. These young teenage men co-parented us with our mothers. You heard that right. They were between the ages of 16 to 18 and they had no romantic attachments and nobody was liking each other. And we were all platonic. Um, but what they would do, they treated us like they were our father slash brother. And I want to talk about that because I think that is what has bonded me so tightly to my men, and I love. that's what made me love them to pieces, and I, that can never change. Um, like, they would always make sure that we were at all the parties. If we didn't have a ride, and they found out we got a ride, because we didn't, you know, we were young, we didn't drive. And after after the parties, we used to always go to uh, McDonald's in Detroit. There was this restaurant on Livernois by Finco, and we would always go there. It was like our McDonald's. We could be way out in Inkster somewhere on the east side, somewhere in the south side, but we always went to the McDonald's and the fellas always made sure we ate. And when we had pull out our money, they'd say, what are you doing? Put that up. And they never let us pay for anything. Um, What else did they do? They ran interference. If somebody was interested in us, They always did background checks and, you know, got the scoop on them. And if they weren't about nothing, they'd tell tell us to keep it pushing. In fact, this is the way it really went. They reinforced what our mothers were teaching us because our mothers were saying we were taught, okay, it's not going to be no dating the whole world in a jug. Husband before baby. And you will get a job. And you will be. A good citizen. Right? And the funny thing is. Our our male friends. It was like they assembled together. Like a Voltron robot. I don't know if anybody's seen that cartoon. All the different pieces. That are actually little ships. They all combine to make a giant robot. It's like. All our male friends combined to make a giant father because what would happen is they reinforced everything. So we really weren't that into dating because we knew that they were going to, you know, see what was going on. And chances are they weren't going to be about that life. So we just kept it pushing. And anyway, we were too young they reinforced the fact that we had other things to do besides date they reinforced the fact that we will get good grades we will conduct ourselves like ladies <laughs> we will get a job and once we get our job we will get a car and that I got that a little later on in life cuz driving was so scary to me um but they emphasized so much they so they emphasize so much to us And I look at all of us in that circle and everybody that hung out with them, all the females, they were all, everybody got married before they had a child. And um, they definitely, if there was a child, it was definitely after marriage. Everybody was working, everybody was driving, but the point is they, they reinforced what our mothers were telling us at home. And they made our mothers loads light, and they didn't even, our mothers did not even know what was going on. And then there was this one friend of mine. His name was Jeffrey, and Jeffrey was like the father of our house. He was like maybe 18 or 19. And my brother, my brother, uh, he's, my brother's uh, he definitely has his own way of doing things. And as he was getting bigger and taller and growing into himself, you know how you know young men do. That's why you have a husband when they, you know, when you get these men. But anyway, um, my brother was very smart, and he he went away to college to become a pharmaceutical te- technician. But he has such a bad he has a very bad um, temper, and he was around all these people that probably were intimidated by him because he was ridiculously smart in math and um you know one thing led to another my brother kept getting in fights getting in fights and he was real strong and that intimidated him I mean that intimidated them so what ended up happening you know it didn't work out and after that my brother he just bad decisions bad breaks you know the environment but here is the thing it could have been worse but Jeffrey, along with one other uh, guy, but we're talking about Jeffrey. Jeffrey was the one who kept my brother on the straight and narrow. When he found out my brother wanted to carry a gun, he was like, no, that ain't the way. Um, and he would always tell make my brother stay in school. And he um, he talked to him and made sure that he went through high school. And he, you know, he talked to him, made sure that he had tangible, not tangible, solid plans so that he wouldn't just be out here blowing in the breeze. So what Jeffrey did was he handled the father end and he helped my mother a great deal and my mother probably didn't even have a clue as to what was going on. And then there were um, a couple of times when we needed something to eat. We were broke. And Jeffrey bought the food. Now, mind you, he's like 18 years old, and this is what he's doing. And my brother could have gotten arrested way back when he was young. But because of Jeffrey, a male child, Jeffrey's 18 years old, a male child, He kept my brother in line. He kept my brother in order. And he is the one that pushed him to graduate high school. And he is the one that kept him out of trouble and helped him make sense of things and maneuver through things. And he is the one or one of the ones that inspired my brother to go on to college. And so this is why... You can't tell me anything about my men because I've experienced them firsthand. And there's another one that sticks out in my brain. Uh, it It was all our little group. It was actually a big group. Our group was big. We all decided to go to Canada and go to Mother's Pizza. And I can remember I ordered a pizza. And I forget what drink I had. And we were over there because of that very thing because the legal drinking age was like 18 or 19. I don't know what the heck I was drinking but all of a sudden I was torn up and it hit me hard and I must have been a little loud because next thing I know one of my friends said he sat sat next to me he said um he said how you doing Sonia I'm fine he said uh are you, you might want to lower your voice a little, okay? He said, you, you eating? He so said, okay, now let's just sit here and eat our food. In other words, he was being smooth, calming me down, okay? And anyway, um, I can remember getting fussed at about that, and um, that was it. And that's what I mean by making sure that we conducted ourselves as ladies. You weren't going to be doing all that, and that was my first time ever doing that. It wasn't like I was a lush but I don't, I didn't drink a lot. I don't drink a lot now, maybe once every blue moon. And I'm, I'm in a tangent, but the point is, I was getting disorderly and he came on over there and calmed me down and shut me up and sat right next to me. He didn't embarrass me or anything, but he cut down all of that. And I appreciated that so much when I thought about it. I appreciate the fact that he didn't yell and scream and embarrass me. I appreciate the fact and he was a male child too cuz he had to be about 17 no he's 18 he was about 18 years old and he did all of this with the tact of a man who's been on earth for 70 years nobody liked each other like oh I want to marry you I want to marry you we all we all were repelled from each other when it came to that and they weren't bad they were they weren't bad looking at all they were they were cute but the point is They helped us. They were our father. We could have gone left in a really bad way, but they helped us. They helped us. And my friend Jeffrey, he always looked after our family. Even after he got married, he looked after our family. And when my marriage fell apart, he was there to pick me up when I came back. And he is the one who put money in my pocket because he knew that I was, you know, I was kind of, it was kind of tight for me. And like I said, he was, he was married with children, but he was still right there. Still taking care of me like I was his daughter. I'm coming back from being separated. And my friend slash father picked me up and put money in my pocket and took me on home. And this is another reason why you're not gonna tell me anything bad about my melanated men. No, you're not. Um, There's so many examples. Let me see. Okay. I went to Detroit Central and I, there were very few Caucasian male teachers. But we had a bunch of black male teachers. And I need you all to understand these men were awesome. And um, the male, the, the melanated male police officer there, they were awesome. It was It's probably the only one, whatever. But the thing is our teachers were so tight, if a fight broke down, broke out on one end of the hallway, they would yell on down the hall and break it all up. Um, some of the fellas that wanted to, you know, they're kind of slightly thuggish. I won't say thuggish. I'll say they just fellas in the hood hanging. But anyway, a lot of our teachers kept them out of gangs, and if they were in gangs, they worked it and they didn't act stupidly. What I mean is, they were so scared of disappointing our teachers. They made sure that they were in class, there were no truancies, and they all got good grades. I can remember one uh, one of my classmates, his name was Gregory, and he, he always got good grades. And I mean, you know, somebody would look at him and say, yeah, he's a thug or he's a hood or whatever, but guess what? He's educated, well, yeah, he's educated, and he's very smart, and how did this happen? Our male teachers, our male teachers were the bomb, and they turned in some kind of way, they turned into fathers, so you had maybe about, I don't know how many male teachers were there, I don't want to lie, let's say for the record, let's say maybe we had about 15 male teachers or 10, who knows, but those teachers Fathered every single last one of us, and particularly the men. And I can remember they weren't they they gang banged a little bit, but they were more on a how can I get this paper type of a thing, and that came from our male teachers. Our male teachers used to give us gang. They'd tell us everything. And one of the things that they used to always do is tell us not to go work in the factory because one day the factory will close. And they used to tell a lot of our uh, young men to go get a skill. Um, they used to, if they've noticed that if like a, a young, a young girl was maybe dating somebody that was no was not right for her, you know they. They would kind of steer them away or what have you. And they kept so many of our um of our our young ladies at that class. They kept them in class and they kept them focused on their grades. I need you all to hear this again. They kept them focused on their grades. These were all melanated men. And I can remember not being interested in going to school. And I can remember I had one teacher, and he was just real. And he pulled me to the side, and he said, Sonia, what is wrong with you? How come you're not in school? And he made me attend just from the encouragement. And that is another reason why you're not going to tell me anything about my melanated man. You're just not. And so I wanna cover um, some of these melanated police officers. See, everybody knows the horror stories and I'm co-signing like a mug because they can be on the zig, but we're not talking about that. We're gonna talk about some of the good ones. Some of those melanated police officers kept my brother out of trouble. When he would do something stupid, sometimes they would call our house and talk to my mother And I can remember talking to one police officer and I could hear him talk to my brother. And they kept him on the straight line. They didn't treat him like an animal. They didn't didn't treat him as um, like a stupid fool. They respected him and they understood that he was a young boy or young male trying to find his way and they treated him like he was their son. And I won't say like their son. They treated him like a little brother or or like he belonged to the community. That's what it is. They acted as community heads and they were they were looking after their charges if you if if you can put it that way. That's what they did. And I look back on that And I say, you know what? You can't tell me anything about my melanated man. You're just not going to. So now let's talk about encouragement encouragement and pushing. I have found, I don't know what anybody else's experience is. I'm talking about mine. I have found that I got pushed so much. They used to always push me, encourage me, push me, encourage me. And that's what they did all, all the way around. That's one of the things that they do. They encourage it I can remember when I first started sewing and uh, we were all going skating and Jeffrey picked me up. Now my blouse looked crazy as heck because I didn't have a pattern, but I wanted to put it together and it was my very first time sewing. So it was looking crazy. But Jerry said, okay, son, you you doing your job, you, you're sewing, okay, good, good. And I look back on that and I can think I really appreciated that because he didn't tease me and talk about how bad it looked. It encouraged me to go further and get better. And then I can remember when I was really into photography and some of the Melanated Mills, they would see my work and they would be trying to push me to get started. Some even hired me. I mean, it never failed. As soon as, as soon as they saw my work, they would always push me. And I really appreciated that. There have been so many experiences locked away that that won't come up right now. I'm just giving some of the the ones that stick out, but yeah, they encouraged me, and I can remember showing um a book I did. It was like a little a book you order with all of your work. In fact, I had a couple books, and I showed them to him. Um, he was he was not a... He was a little white guy, and he looked at my work and he turned beet red like he was angry, and I couldn't understand it. And then he downplayed my work and closed the book. And this right here is why you're not going to tell me anything about my men, because I have experienced them firsthand. I was there; we were all growing up together. I know what they did. And as for the ones that raised us, when our younger siblings came along, they didn't have what we had, and uh, everybody got things backwards. Some got pregnant before marriage, and some didn't work, and then they started working, but but they struggled. They We sailed on through because we had our male friends that acted as our surrogate fathers, And then later on, like I said, our our siblings, our younger siblings kind of struggled because they didn't have that. And so this is is just one reason why you're not gonna tell me anything about melanated men because I've experienced them firsthand. Like I said, I've experienced horrible things at their hands, yes, not hell. But I'm not here to talk about that right now. I'm here to talk about the good. And so If I seem partial, if I seem like I'm always caping for them, I am and I don't give a darn and you're not going to stop me. And I don't feel bad and I don't feel embarrassed and I'm not ashamed I'm proud to do it. I need to do it because we need to hear it. We are bombarded with negative rhetoric and propaganda against our own men. When you think about the things that other people have done, you have to ask yourself, Why are we so focused on our men? Which one of the men that we know started a war, went in and killed everybody, dumped depleted um, depleted uranium, which causes cancer? Which one of these men, these melanated men over here, did that? Who ordered that? Which melanated man did that? Which melanated man? took a group of people that were not his ethnicity and put them in a zoo. Who did that? Somebody did do it, a group of men did do it, but it wasn't melanated men. How many of our melanated men ran and got babies from other ethnicities and threw them to the, threw them to alligators for alligator bait? How many, which one of our melanated men did these things? Which one of our melanated men wrote laws to, uh, which one of our melanated men wrote laws for eminent domain? Hmm? This is what I wanna know. Which one of our melanated men created GMO, genetically modified organisms? I want to know, I want to know, which one of our men, which one of our men assigned an army to go into another country and overthrow the governments so that the businesses could make money because the leaders were standing in their way. They didn't want their people to be exploited. Which one of our men did that? You can't name them because they didn't do it. But what you can do is look up General Smedley Butler. He wrote a book, or a, yeah, yes a book called War is a Rocket. Go read that. Because our melanated men did not do that. And this is why, I shall say, this is, these are some of the reasons why I'm not going to throw my brothers under the bus. I'm not. And you can kiss rock, kick rocks. You can kick rocks if you think I am because I'm not. Because I've seen both sides. And I understand that a lot of the things that they do now, it took thousands of years to get them here. Thousands. And they are still not exactly where they want to be. Our men still are not destroyed like they were hoping. Donald Trump spent $600,000 to send somebody to Kenya to study the males over there. To see why they were so strong and why they were so good at war and why, 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 why. And what was he going to use that information for? So see, if our men were such a nothing, nobody would spend money to find out what makes them tick. Now, I'm not down in men of any other race. I respect you all. But what I am doing is uplifting my brothers because they're getting a bad rap and they're getting blamed like they caused every single problem in the world. And they didn't. And nobody seems to have the courage. I'm not even going to say that. I take that back. But we need more voices to push back and cover our men. You need to know that we love our men. We value our men. No, they're not perfect and neither are you. And you don't want me to start talking about the things you have done because if I start talking about that you will go sit in the corner. But I'm not I'm not going there. What I'm saying is I respect men of other races. I know that there are there's good in every single race cuz I've seen that too. And I may do a podcast on that because I've had some really good experiences with um other races of men. But like I said, I'm not I'm not going to be disloyal to my men. I'm not. I'm just not Because like I said, I know what it took to get them here. You had people writing policy, secret policy to get to them, to get them where they are now. Everybody wants to talk about welfare. But let me tell you something. It was strategic. First, they took the jobs out because they looked around and they saw all these men working at the factory, providing for their families, saying everybody's driving a car. The children are getting good grades. Everybody's dressing nice. Everybody's flowing. And they said, oh, heck no. And they pulled all the businesses out of the city and put them out in the suburbs. And all of the the smaller businesses they loved. So there was no economic base. And then they put drugs in the community. And I remember I can remember when it started because I still can remember seeing some of the gang colors and seeing everybody go bad at the same time. This was strategic. And I know it firsthand. Anybody who lived in Detroit in the 60s and the 70s can tell you they was rocking it out. There were a lot of stay-at-home moms in Detroit that were melanated. And the ones that were working, they were working because they wanted to move on up. Everybody was very ambitious. But uh, plenty of melanated men had their wives at home in a nice house, pantry full of food, driving a car, kids all dressed nice, everybody's nice. And they're rocking out like that. These were complete families. And everything started being shattered and broken deliberately. And so, once again, this is why you're not going to tell me absolutely anything about my melanated man. I've seen the good side. I've experienced the good side. It was the melanated man, the young ones that turned into my father. It was them who helped me to focus. It was them who helped all of their their little female buddies to focus. And not a single one of us was dating all over the world. We all got married, <clears throat> and we all tried to be uh, we all tried to be an asset to society rather than a liability. We all worked. And we all tried to mind our own business and just be a good person. And all of this came from our, from my Voltron daddy because they all combined, like I said, to make one father. And I can remember another friend; he used to help me make sense of the world because I was, I was like, "Well, why, 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 why?" And he would break it down for me. And he only had to be about 17 or 18, but it felt like I was talking to my grandfather. Our melanated males are wise beyond their years. And you would never know unless you are around them. But I will do a caveat. I don't know what they're like now. I'm just telling you why I ride with melanated men. I don't know what has happened to our younger ones. Because they've been poisoned by so many different things. Chemicals, I mean. And so this is so long, but it's been on my mind and on my heart. And I figured this is as good a time as any. And so hopefully I'll go back to a more structured podcast. But this is the deferential T.I. saying, sorry, I talked too much, but I had to get it out.